0: Block Talk Radio. It's time for you to start making more money. Find out about the low risk wealth building method millionaires use. They invest in real estate.
1: And now in Philadelphia, you've got real estate riches. We show you how to acquire a couple million dollars in assets and have a hundred thousand dollar a year income within the next 10 15 years. I just followed the program. I followed all the steps, did everything you're supposed to do, and I wound up right before Christmas with 16,000 extra dollars in my pocket. You already know that real estate is a smart part of any balanced investing portfolio. It's like a stock that pays dividends while it continues to appreciate producing an eventual capital gain. We get our dividends from rent and our capital gains when we sell. Why waste money on useless books and tapes when you have Real Estate Riches right here in Philly?
0: Our workshops are free. Leave your checkbook at home, but seating is limited, so you must call 267-231-3920. That's 267-231-3920 or register online at realestateriches.com.
1: The opinions and statements expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of WWDB, its staff, or management. Welcome to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with your host, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Parthenia is a psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner who will show you alternative paths toward health with a holistic approach. Call with your questions or comments at 610 664 4100. Now, here's the host of Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izard.
0: Well, good morning to those of you listening to our live broadcast today, September 9, 2006. And good day to those of you listening to a rebroadcast some other time. You're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izard, at WWDB 860 on the AM dial. On this program, we discuss alternative medicine therapies and related products and issues. Only try the therapies shared here after consulting with your physician. Last Saturday, our guest was George Eckrich from Dr. Cracker. At that show's end, we discussed the herb boldo and the yoga sana uttatasana. If you missed that show, you can go to our website at www. Dot amtherapies.com. click on the radio show link, scroll down to the show you want, and click the button under it to listen to the show. If you want to set up an appointment with me, call 610-687-6184. For general information, call 610-660-7710. Later when we open the phone lines, call 610-664-4100 to ask a question of our guests. Our guest today is Rwandan war survivor Imakuli Ilibagiza, author of *Left to Tell*. It's about her journey during, before, during, uh, before, during, and after hiding with seven women in a small bathroom for 91 days. At the end of that today's program, we will discuss the herb bone set and the yoga asana Hasana. Now it's time for our wellness news. According to Lahas. L-O-H-A-S, weekly newsletter, uh, authored by AlternativeMedicine.com, whole grains prove vital to older adults. A new study shows that older adults who eat whole grains uh, instead of refined grain products may be at low risk of having health conditions that can lead to diabetes and heart disease. In addition, they have a lower mortality rate from a cardiovascular disease than people who don't eat whole grain. Led by University of Maryland Assistant Professor Nadine Sahoyan, the study looked at how eating whole grain foods affects the metabolism syndrome of older adults. Metabolic syndrome is a condition characterized by disturbed glucose and insulin metabolism, central obesity, and hypertension. The study, which will appear in the January well, which appeared in the January edition of the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, looked at three day food diaries of more than 500 people aged 60 and older. Zahoyan's group found those who consumed more whole grains were at significantly lower risk of having metabolic syndrome. There have been studies that show the benefits for a middle-aged population, said Zahoyan, assistant professor in Maryland's Department of Nutrition and Food Science. Quote, ours is the first study that shows the relationship between eating whole grains and the health benefits for older people whose metabolic characteristics may be different from younger adults. End quote. Metabolic syndrome, which is linked to increased risk of diabetes and cardiovascular disease, is increasing in the United States. It's it's estimated that 40% of men and 51% of women over 60 are affected with metabolic syndrome. In a group whose average age was 72 for men and 73 for women, the study found that subjects who daily consumed about three servings of whole grain, such as whole grain bread, cereal, and brown rice, had a lower prevalence of metabolic syndrome than people who ate less than one serving a day. The U.S. Dietary Guidelines for Americans recommends that all people consume three or more ounces, or the equivalent of a whole grain products a day. Whole grain products contain fiber, vitamins, minerals, and other things that are removed during refining, said Sahoyan. We recommend that whole grain, and this again is Sahoyan, uh, intake should start from a very young age to develop a healthy lifestyle. Cardiovascular changes and diabetes risk are starting to occur earlier now, especially due to obesity, the the obesity epidemic. Something to think about for our older populations. Okay, as I told you last week uh, and earlier today, our guest is Il Ilymakulein. Ili Bagiza. Immaculee was born in Rwanda and studied electronic and mechanical engineering at the National University of Rwanda. Her life transformed dramatically in 1994 during the Rwanda genocide when she and seven other women huddled silently together in a cramped bathroom of a local pastor's house for 91 days. During this horrific ordeal, Immaculee lost most of her family, but she survived to share the story and her miraculous transition into forgiveness and a profound relationship with God. Four years later, she emerged from Rwanda to the United States and began working for the United Nations in New York City. I'm sorry, she immigrated. She has since established uh, the La- Left to Tell Charitable Fund to help others heal from the long-term effects of genocide and war. Immaculee, now 36 lives in Long Island with her husband and their two children. Left to Tell is Immaculate's first book. One thing I want to say that um, despite the events inspiring, inspiring Immokalee's book, it is nonetheless a positive book about hope. Um, Good morning, Imaki Lee, how are you? I'm
2: fine, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Good morning. And
0: thank you for agreeing to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, when your publicist suggested having you as a guest and I thought I thought yes, for sure, because I mean our program is about wellness, wholeness and wisdom related to alternative medicine therapies and such, but the wisdom that you share about an alternative to hate, uh revenge and anger uh during and after negative events like yours at certainly falls within the purview of what our program is about.
2: Thank you Um, for what you do. That's so nice to help people. Wow.
0: Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, To start out, could you share with us what your life was like as a child? Um, Did you grow up in Rwanda and, and what that was like?
2: Yeah, that's right. I grew up in Rwanda in a small village called Mataba. Around lake a huge lake. It seemed like a sea to me <laughs> when I was growing up. Mm. So I grew up with my three brothers and my mom and dad and you know, and we had so many neighbors. Rwanda is a very populated country. Most populated maybe in, in, in Rwanda in, in Africa. But it is a tiny country also, the size of Maryland actually.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah. But we had about eight million before the genocide. So when I was growing up, everything was good. I played with my, you know, my neighbors. We had a good time. My parents were Catholic and they prayed a lot. So we, we talked about God, about good things were going on in the country, listening to news. But never they never told us about the hatred that was going on between the two main tribes, Hutu and Tutsis. We played with everybody. We had come, Hutu and Tutus coming to visit us every day. I felt really loved by everybody in the village. I, nothing ever prepared me to what was coming. And, you know, Rwanda, again, is really, like, you have a very nice weather. It is almost always spring.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: we, we, I just grew up really having a good time, having flowers all around or throughout the year. It was a good life, as I remember it.
0: Well, now, before we get too much uh, further into the interview, your name is so beautiful and so unique. Uh, Can you share some of the meaning behind your name?
2: That's right, Immaculate (laughs) Bagiza. Another thing I want to say is that in Rwanda, everybody has a different last name in the family. So we don't take the names of the parents, like here. So the father would normally... After seven days, the child who is born will wake up in the morning as a tradition, and they give a name that comes from his heart to the to the child. It mm-hmm. will always be the father who named the child, even if it's the mother who suggests the father what is the name. Mm-hmm. So immaculate, like you understand it, is really immaculate. They named me after the blessed mother, Virgin Mary. Oh my, is it pure.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it was a great wish from my parents for me to be. And Ilibagiza means something beautiful in the body and soul, like mm-hmm. really shining. The really meaning of Ilibagiza and Kinyarwanda is this thing that is so beautiful that will make people forget about where they were going.
0: <laughs> mm. I think it's very important, uh, the names we give our children, because they do, I think, have a, a, almost a a predictive effect on how that child is going to develop and what they may accomplish in their life. I
2: think so, because when I was growing up, everybody was like, your dad named you that? He (laughs) must (laughs) love you so much.
0: Now we have... Yes, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, he
2: must love you so much. So it kind of reminds you of that. You know, you are loved. You know, somebody cared so much about you.
0: And you have something, uh, an expectation almost that you feel you must live up to. Uh, you know, it's got to be inspiring. Um, before we go to break, which we'll do in about 30 seconds, where exactly is Rwanda, for those who are not familiar with the African continent?
2: That's right. It, Rwanda is located in the central east part of Africa. It is near Congo. You know, this, yeah, those are the neighbor's country, Congo, Burundi, those who know Uganda. We are just 30 minutes away from Uganda, the capital, and Tanzania. So those who know Kenya, Nairobi, it is not far from them.
0: Okay, very good. Thank you. Uh, You're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Isard. Our program is sponsored by Alternative Medicine Therapies, My main office is in the 2 Plaza Building, Suite 300 in Ballet Pennsylvania. Visit our website at www.amtherapies.com or call the office at 610-687-6184. Stay tuned for our return with Imaki Lee, Lee author of Left to Tell, about her journey before, during, and after hiding with seven women in a small bathroom for 91 days in Rwanda.
1: Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies at 610-660-7710 for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative medicine therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when alternative medicine therapies with psychologist Parthenia Izard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation at 610-660-7710 and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. And don't miss Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izards radio program each Saturday morning at 8 on AM 860 WWDB.
0: Don't passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, cold, flu, and other ailments. Listen to me. Parthenia Izard every Saturday morning at 8 for wellness, wholeness and wisdom. I am a local natural health care practitioner and psychologist. I will show you alternative paths toward health with a holistic approach. Don't miss wellness, wholeness and wisdom with me. Parthenia Izard every Saturday morning at 8 only on AM 860 WWDB. You're listening to Wellness, Holiness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Carthenia Izzard. You visit our website to participate in my blog. That's one way I get your feedback. Today, we're talking with Imaki Lee Ilibagiza, author of Left to Tell, about her journey before, during, and after um, hiding with seven women in a small bathroom for 91 days. Um, uh, Imaki Lee, I, I, this is going to be such a challenge. I do not want to mess up your name at all. I'm breathing before I say it each time, and I'm very concerned about it, but so far, so good. Um, I would like you to briefly tell us um, something about your life prior to uh, the incidents that you share in your book.
2: My life before was... Well, what was
0: going on you know, with you that year before?
2: That year before. I was in university my last year doing mechanical engineering, and electrical engineering. I mean, I was in university, of course, like all students, you know, having good time, <laughs> forgetting, ignoring the world, and sometimes voicing the injustice that was going on. And the students, they did never, they didn't like at all what was going on in the country, because forget, you know, like my the people of my tribe, which they have, you know, I still feel so bad that they have made a big deal just between this little thing like called t- tribe. Mm-hmm. You couldn't find a school if you are Tutsi. You could, it was so hard to find a job. And you look like It's just a little thing they put in identity card, and they will put you at Tutsi, and another one is a Hutu.
0: Could you tell us, give us a little, about, a little bit about the breakdown of the ethnic situation or the ethnic divide in Rwanda?
2: Yeah, you know, we have actually two main tribes. It is Tutsi and Hutu. And before that, they said that the Hutus were about 85% and Tutsis were 15%. -hmm. But, you know, some people, other people said it was also a way of making them minority, so they would take a lot of privileges from them. Mm -hmm. So if you go to school, they say they have 10 places in school. It was a law from the government that they have to accept one Tutsi and nine Hutus, Mm -hmm. even if you have passed the exam. Wow. So, yeah, it was something like that. And the background of that, it really started by the time of colonialization in 1900 when the Belgians took over the country to colonize it. And they said they wanted to organize the country, and they divided people in two tribes. So I don't know what happened for whoever was there and caused these two tribes to almost fight together, sure. you know, like for power. Mm-hmm. They would elect, and then they caused this kind of, you know, this brother thing, like jealousy, and it grew, it grew, it became so bad that then they would try now to kill the people of the other tribe so that they would never win over the power, like the election. So it was something, it started a long time like that. Mm-hmm. And in 1959, 1973, they had wars that they killed the main people from Tutsi tribe who have gone to school. So mm-hmm. what happened in 1994 was completely something new. To eliminate everybody. Before it was just like to target people who have gone to school, who have degrees, you know, just so they would not have competition. Right. And then it happened like that. Well, so the year before the whole thing happened, we had this radio, I never forgot about it. People called it hate radio, but the name was tell This radio later I knew that it was sponsored by the president at that time, by the government, the main people in the country. But they used to have these people they called, you know, like these people who used to make themselves like drunk. I don't think they were drunk. That they would come on radio and couldn't even talk because they would pretend they're so drunk.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then they would start to teach people how to kill Tutsis. Oh, my. Yeah, openly. Mm-hmm. Talking how like we are not the enemies of the country. We are not meant to be in the country. When you kill next time, you have to start with babies. And then they will laugh, 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 like evil laugh. And then people would think, oh, that's a joke. That can never happen. But somehow they educated those who had hatred in their hearts. They taught them what to do. They educated them. They kind you know, helped them. So I remember the person who was in the country, the head of the army of the UN, he was sending messages to the headquarters asking, telling them that this radio is so bad that they have to stop it. But somehow, I think that everyone took it so easy, like it t- was never going to materialize. Mm-hmm. So what happened around the world, things were getting really hot because of the radio. The hatred was growing so bad. Everything wrong in the country was being praised. I, again, I remember a time when I passed through the town coming from school, and I saw it, thieves, thieves in the city stealing clothes from people. Oh, and, yeah, and I remember them stealing this woman. They removed her shoes. They took her bag, and the police were around there, you know, and they took her, her gold chain she had on and her clothes. Thank God she had something inside. And and nobody said anything. Even us, normal people, they would tell you, don't say world. word. Those people, you know, like they can kill you. And I was like, you know, what is going on? This was not here in three, four years before but you felt like something was about to explode in the country. There's no way that the evil can be so praised and so late to go doing whatever it wants. And no one, there's no justice anymore. That was just a few months before the whole thing exploded. And then the whole thing really started. I remember on the, 7th, the 6th of April, 1994, and I got to know the news the morning of the, of the 7th of April, when my brother took, came to me and told me that the president was killed the night before, we, we have just heard it from the radio, so we couldn't believe it. And I remember getting up out of, of the bed and telling my brother, "Look, they are going to kill us," and he couldn't believe it, wh- how I thought about that. I'm like, he said, "Why do you think they're going to kill us?" I told him, "Don't you see that what we have been talking on radio now it is going to materialize." We all listened to that radio. They had such good music to attract people. So we were listening to it, just like to hear the jokes. So, but something told me look, it will happen, it will end up happening. And it was just the beginning of the whole thing.
0: Now, it's, uh, it's very interesting uh, just to give a little bit about your, your character or your personality, uh, even as a young child. Uh, you had a special interest. Uh, I don't know if you want to reveal it. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to walk no. carefully here. I know there's many things in the book that you want people to discover as they read the book. But I thought it was a very interesting item about your youth when you went to visit uh, the priest. Do you want to share that? Yeah. <laughs> that was so cute.
2: About being a nun. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> you know, so oh my. You know, I grew up really loving God. But somehow I loved my father, I loved my mom so much, and they prayed. So somehow I felt like, I don't know, when I remember the transformation during the genocide, I wondered if I I really loved God enough before. But then when I remember when I was a child, I remember doing things that made me feel like I was really, again, looking for him or close to him. Mm-hmm. So I remember when I was about, about, was it 13 years old, I had a friend called Jeanette, that was her real name in the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we, we we talked so much about the apparition of the Blessed Mother in Fatima because our teacher was telling us about it. And then we were all the time talking and, about it and said, you know what, maybe we should just become nuns. <laughs> <laughs> and she was so excited. She said, yeah, and we'll be in the same coven, you know, the same place. We'll stay friends and God will be so happy to have us.
0: I thought that was so
2: and, precious. Yeah. And then we traveled almost like eight miles to go to look for the priest to tell him that we were going to be nuns. <laughs> and I told my dad and my mom, my mom was laughing like, oh, you crazy. <laughs> and my dad was like, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> I think he was laughing at us, too. So we got up in the morning. We traveled through the mountains, went through the one river, and we went to the church so far, and we told the we made this priest who was such a nice man mm. i can never forgot his posture he had on always this long dress white and his rosary on the belt <laughs> and then we we made him outside he said father we want to be nuns he said you want to be nuns <laughs> are you sure i said oh we are very sure <laughs> have you talked about it with your parents i said yeah and they support us yeah. <laughs> he was laughing and then he said oh children." He was so happy, I can feel his compassion, and I was. I said, So good. Mm-hmm. And then he blessed that, he blessed us and the folded and touched our head so sweet. And he said, When you are 18 years old, come back and we'll talk about it
0: <laughs> <laughs> right now. Go back and concentrate on your studies. I well, was so disappointed a little bit, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was, yeah, because it's always unique to me when little ones. Are inspired uh, oh, thank about you. religion and, and, and the spirit. What from your past inspired you to try prayer to survive, or made you feel prayer made a difference?
2: You know what is it really? I think I grew up just seeing my parents praying. As soon as I, I was able to to know what is you know to remember anything at all, I remember every night we used to kneel down, and we we, we had a cross on one wall everyone, my mom, my dad, my three brothers, we would kneel down and pray. And somehow that moment was so sacred that no one would laugh, no one would do a thing. Mm. So my dad would start the prayers all the time as the father of the family. And when we finish, then we go to sleep. But somehow, maybe seeing people around us who prayed really being the best people. And another thing I think is, we had really a good priest who of children. So when we, you know, way when we were growing up, the parties, we had games. You know, I think I think that was all around the the church. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe that, but I think it was my parents, of course, because they spoke about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my father. Remember when I went to high school? When I finally I got the scholarship as somebody of my tribe as a Tutsi, and they told us, like, I got the scholarship in a, in a government school, which was the best schools. My dad was so happy, so happy. And he said, let me tell you something. We had a party that night. And he said, I have said the rosary every night for the past two years, just pray, praying for this to happen. And I was like, what? <laughs> he never told us the word. So besides praying together, he was praying outside Every day, that is something he took an hour to pray for me to get that school. It touched me so much. And he said he's going to offer four masses to thank God. That he promised God he would do that. And he would do all the action of loving to help people if I get that school. So, you know, all those things, I can see how much prayer meant to everything that was happening in my family.
0: Well, now, what was the metamorphosis, if if you will, um, that you went through in, in that bathroom with those seven women? Women. I know that's a lot to a- ask in a that's right. Yeah, a <laughs> no, program the, like this. The question again. What what was the process that you went through? The process of change that you went through while you were in that bathroom.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. You know what? I think there is a time when I started. First of all, the first two days, three days. I was so tired. I, was, I couldn't take it. You know, in life when you think, like, this can never happen. Mm. That's how I was. And I was so tired. I started to feel like I am such a hero, you know, for somebody who have stayed in these three days in one place. And then I was talking to myself, I would tell my mom how I spent so many days here. You know, she won't mm. believe it. Yeah. You know, when you're having those fantasy, I still didn't believe what was going on. My father would be so sad. To know what happened to me <laughs> as though they were living a better life, you know. So, mm-hmm. you, those are the things that you think you would talk news, you would tell people what happened to you as though it is not happening to, to them. Mm-hmm. Then, this, the, the, at the end of the week, that spoiled innocence thing was gone. I was mad, I was angry. How can this happen? How can this be the people who were my neighbors? How can people just be so crazy and think that I'm this bad when they loved me? What changed in their lives? What changed in their mind? I was mad. I was thinking I will give back. I would never talk to anybody from the other tribe. I will hate them, and I have a good reason. (laughs) So it was all those things that were going on in my mind, maybe for the second week. And then there came a huge change when they started to tell us that they were killing people in the public places, that they were killing them, in, in stadiums and churches, and they were destroying them. And now they were starting to search for how, in the houses. And it was a law. It was something coming from the ministers, government ministers, that people who love the country should search every house, even those you trust. They should, they should search them to find if there is any toots hiding. That was the killer. That was something that woke me up and said, oh, my God, so I can die. That means they can find us. And I never forgot the day they came. I cannot even describe you the fear. When you know that people are coming inside the house, they are five inches away from you, and they can find you. In that instant, I I thought that, look, the pain and the fear is so much. What can I do? What can really save me here? You realize that you don't have your parents anymore around you to protect you, and you thought they were all for you. You don't have even the pastor who was hiding us. He could not even tell people that he has us, or he could not even give them money, at least to keep us alive. He had to tell them that he he can never hide any Tutsi. He took a huge chance. And then they were coming inside the house and they were searching. And I thought myself, I have to grab God. The only thing that is really here is God that can hear me where I was.
0: Very good. Can you hold that thought for me while we go to break? I'm sorry that it had to come at this moment. But again, people, I want you to remember this is about hope and upliftment and overcoming adversity. Uh, you're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izard. And I want you to stay tuned for the rest of our interview with Immaculée Ilibagiza, author of Left to Tell, about her journey before, during, and after. Hiding with seven women in a small bathroom for 91 days in Rwanda. Don't passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, cold, flu, and other ailments. Listen to me, Parthenia Izard, every Saturday morning at 8 for wellness, wholeness, and wisdom. I am a local natural health care practitioner and psychologist. I will show you alternative paths toward health with a holistic approach. Don't miss Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, Parthenia Izard, every Saturday morning at 8, only on AM 860 WWDB.
1: Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies at 610-660-7710 for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative medicine therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when alternative medicine therapies with psychologist Parthenia Izard is here to help? Contact alternative medicine therapies today for an initial consultation at 610-660-7710, and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. And don't miss Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izard's radio program each Saturday morning at 8 on AM 860 WWDB. Welcome
0: back. You're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izard. Uh, remember, next week our uh, guest will be Benjamin Harrison from Rishi Keys. Today we're talking with Immaculée Ilibagiza, author of Left to Tell, uh, about her survival of the Rwandan genocide. Um, Immaculée, you have such a soothing, Calming voice—it's—it's it's almost mesmerizing as I listen to you. I, it, it takes an effort for me to even realize this is an interview that's going to end at some point, and uh, you know, just I, I just get so focused with what you're saying. Thank um, you. Please continue. You were talking about at, at that moment you realized that really all you had to, you know, embrace was God.
2: That's right. Yeah. So you realize that there's nobody else who can help you there, who you can talk to. And you need somebody. You need protection. You need to, to express what you are feeling. So I told myself, it's only God. The God as I remember him, as they told us who he is. He listened from you from your heart. He reads everything that is going on. And then I remember I said, he's capable to do anything. And somehow I have the desire to live. I didn't want to die in that fear. I remember asking God, please help me not to die like that. I don't let them find me, and somehow, when you reach in this moment where you want to really trust well, is that voice that tells you who do you think you are? Maybe it doesn't even exist and I was like, "God, I have to exist, you know, and I said, "Oh my, please help me and I remember I said, "If you exist, please do a miracle that these people would not find us here in the bathroom. Tell you the truth, they searched and searched for two hours, one. Tiny house, every single place you can imagine under the beds, suitcases to see if there's any baby hiding. And they reached right at the door of that bathroom and they told the pastor that they trust him, that he would not hide any tootsie. That was something like, oh my gosh, you are here, you are listening. And then from that moment, when I see they didn't find us, I grabbed his hand. I was always talking to myself, I have to, to remember him. Who is he exactly? And I remember I asked the pastor to give me the Bible, which I didn't read before that much. But from that moment on, I started to read the Bible exactly just to know, again, who is God exactly in my own words, in my own understanding. Who is he? And I was trying to understand what he has done in the past. I thought about this man we talk in the Bible, Daniel in the Den of Lions, Mm. I told myself, even if they find me, they will not catch me. They would lose strength. They will not see me. You know, I was so sure that if God had done it to another human being, he would do it to me. And, of course, I had so many discouragement, something telling me, oh, he, Daniel was, was a saint. You are nothing. You are a sinner. And I'm like, but God can forgive me if I have done anything. And I would go to my knees, God forgive me for anything, anything at all so that at least I can benefit you, your favor here because I need you more than anything. And and another transformation happened when the pastor told us that they will be searching anytime because we thought that we have escaped that first time and maybe it will never happen again. So maybe that we just have to deal by staying in that bathroom but not being searched and not facing that fear that burns you like you are dying so slowly. So he told us that they would be coming almost every day. And from that moment, just to wait for them, just to wait for them was like dying slowly. In the Catholic, we talk about, they tell us about purgatory, how the purgatory, you know, where you purify before you go to heaven, mm-hmm. that, you know, you feel like it is, you know, you are. it pains a lot. And I always had a question like, how can my spirit pain if nobody's beating my body? If my, I'm, I'm dead, how can my spirit pain really. But that time I was like, this is purgatory. I am dying slowly. And no one is touching me. Just waiting for the killers to come is like it was killing me slowly. So we waited for them and I, start, I thought to myself, I'm going to pray every second of my time here. I will pray so that these voices that is telling me how things are going to be so bad, maybe they will shut down. So I can just say, the words in the prayer. And I say the rosary as a Catholic again. I use the prayer of the rosary, and I use the Bible to read the Bible. I mean, like, I never left even one minute without praying. I prayed from 6 o'clock in the morning until 9 o'clock at night when I fell asleep. And during that praying, which was so interesting, during the praying and trying to be sincere to God, every word I said, for example, just the the prayer of our Lord is prayer, When you say our Father who is in heaven, I wanted to mean every world. Our Father means everybody's Father. And I could not bring myself to believe that. Even the killers, where where God is children, that means He is the Father of everybody. I struggled with that. I don't want to believe that. They cannot be your children. I can't even love them because every prayer is about love. Every single prayer is about love, about forgiving. And then when you meditate about the life of Jesus, me as me, at least who believe him as my God, you see him, he was rejected. You know, because there was re- you really go through how he was born, he came into the world, how he was rejected by people, he was crowned with, with the thorns on his head, how he carried the cross and when he died and said, forgive them, Father, they don't know what they do. And that was something I was doing all throughout the day. And I could not escape those words because they were there in the rosary. It is a set of prayers. You have to go through and try to mean it. And every time I reached those places, I was like, no, I don't want to forgive them. Of course I can't. They might be killing my, my mom, my dad. I cannot forgive them. But as I'm saying those words and I'm praying God to save me, I couldn't escape the meaning of those words. And later I got to understand, look, those people are killing me. There is no way they can understand what they are doing. Exactly that is what Jesus meant. He said, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Father, forgive them. There is no way those people can know the pain they were causing me, the pain they were causing to the children I will have if I live to live, if I live. So I understood that, really, when you see people doing wrong to us, the best thing to do is to try to pray for them so that, they can be good, because I believe everyone can change. It happened to all of us. Sometimes, you know, we do something, and, and another minute we we'll would say, how can I do that? We would apologize, or we would even regret what we have done. So I was walking and actually holding to that, that these people are God's children, God loves them, but he is in pain also that his children are walking away from him, are doing so bad. But for me to be a good child of God, I have to pray for them. And to me, it makes sense, even in the world. When people do wrong, which we all do, what do you want really if you want the world to be in peace? Is it to hate them and just like kill them, or is it to pray for them so that they can change? So it gave me so much peace. From the time I was angry and I was praying, fighting that I don't want to forgive, I don't want even to pray for them or to think of them as human beings until that moment when I let go. And I knew that I will protect myself, of course, from people who do wrong because that evil can still be there in them. But I will pray for them and I will love them in my life. It was a huge step to realize that everybody who do wrong, even them, I go to the street train and he loves them just as he loves me.
0: So it's not like you're saying what they did was okay, because a lot of people think when you forgive somebody, you're saying what you did was okay, oh, no. and I'm a, it's, it's not like that at all.
2: At all. And even justice, justice has to go on. If you really care about forgiveness, you just realize that it is that anger, that bitterness that is eating you. You just let go. That's how I felt. Mm-hmm. When I was able to think of them like that, I just felt like, look, I am dealing with somebody who is sick, Somebody who is in a situation, in a state, he has not been able to understand the truth. And for me, it's just like I said, I let go so much anger, and my prayer was reaching God so much easy. I felt like I can command anything, and it will happen. Because I knew somehow you just get this truth that this is what is going on in these people. And the same evil can still be there with them, even when you forgive them. So you still have to protect yourself. You should not make you victim of somebody who is doing evil. Evil is very strong. I mean, look what happened to Rwanda, killing a million of people. And now, some people have killed. When you approach them, they can't even really believe they did it. Some of them are crying for sure. what they have done. And others who are still held in that evil way, they feel that if they come out of the prison, they will finish the job and kill even the remaining Tutsi. mm Even for them, I forgive them because I know they don't know what they do. And I will pray for them. I hope one day they will wake up and say, what the heck did I do to my brother? But that helps me to let go the anger. And that helps me to leave a room in my heart so that if ever they change, God will inspire me to know that they have really changed and I can be able to embrace them again.
0: Oh, wonderful thought. Wonderful place for us to pause. Uh, you're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Our program is sponsored by Alternative Medicine Therapies. Uh, my main office is in the Two Ballad Plaza Building, Suite 300 in Ballad, Pennsylvania. Visit our website at www.amtherapies.com or call the office for appointments at 610-687-6184. Stay tuned for our return with Immokalee Ilibagiza, author of Left to Tell, as she talks about her experience in Rwanda
1: why should you passively exist with backaches allergies PMS colds flu and other ailments it's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures contact alternative medicine therapies at 610-660-7710 for an initial consultation alternative medicine therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless alternative medicine therapies like iridology kinesiology reflexology energy medicine which includes chi light therapy acupressure and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with psychologist Parthenia Izard is here to help. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation at 610-660-7710 and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Don't miss Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izard's radio program each Saturday morning at 8 on AM 860 WWDB.
0: Don't passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, cold, flu, and other ailments. Listen to me, Parthenia Izard, every Saturday morning at 8 for Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom. I am a local natural health care practitioner and psychologist. I will show you alternative paths toward health with a holistic approach. Don't miss Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, Parthenia Izard, every Saturday morning at 8, only on AM 860-WWDB. You're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Today we're talking with Immaculate Eli Baviza, author of Left to Tell. As she talks to us about how to handle events, uh, major negative events in, in our lives, um, your book uh, can fall in many categories: uh, religion, history, self-help, autobiography. Do they all resonate for you, or does one stand out more than the others uh, as the category, major category for your book? Hmm.
2: Good question. <laughs> you know, wow. It, it, I think I had. I had really a good desire to kind of give, for example, my children like the past of my my family, how they grew up, because they would never know them. So somehow I wanted to let them know the value of their grandparents, you know, who they were. So that's why I put so much about my family, how we grew up. And just to tell the world again, you know, these are the people who raised me and who ended up in that bad experience. But what was really the core message I had and really gave me the motivation to write was more about to tell people that how God can be so present in each one's life, you know, even mm-hmm. in the darkest hour. I was really shocked. I never expected that. I know sometimes we pray when we're in trouble, but never expected that he would be so close. And we're almost like making my friend, my best friend. <laughs> and we'll be talking. And another thing... When I came out of the bathroom, just to see that everything was done, nothing I had at all. And here again, there is God who is taking you by hand, step by step. And so many dreams I have had. I had dreams about Jesus saying to me that, continue to trust me. You will never miss a thing. I will be there. I will give you what your parents would have given you even more. So I told myself, you know, okay, it is a dream, but I will see. But when I see how things happen on time, and that's what I try to explain, I tell my goodness, I want to tell everybody who is looking for something, for something, not to be frustrated because somebody couldn't make it happen, not to be angry with anybody. Just please hold on to God inside you. Be at peace. Just try to forgive. Try to be at peace with your heart, and everything is possible. I couldn't believe that you anyone can go in any situation and it can come out okay. I have seen friends who have been in depression, sometimes because of their boyfriend, left them. And sometimes we talk. I'm like, hey, remember what happened to me? Remember what happened to so many people? And this is how God did it. And they would just like turn from being so angry and being so depressed, and they would start to laugh. You know, So I realized that this this works. It really works to have hope,
0: and you can have hope in any situation. Well, that that, that takes me ahead of myself because I always ask my guests uh, what words of wisdom would they like to leave our audience with, and my goodness, that that was quite a, a good thing to leave them with. However, I'm not finished with you because I never got to mention your documentary. Um, you have a documentary coming up? That's
2: right. Actually, right now I'm in the Canada Festival. They're honoring the documentary. The name of it is The, the Diary of Immaculate. It was such a, again, another to me, God's hand. You know, I've been asking, writing him letters to help me to tell my story because I didn't know where to
0: start. Now, is there a website uh, that people can go to to find out more about your foundation, about the orphanage that you're starting in Rwanda? That's
2: right, All yeah. of these things. Yeah, you can find it on tell, the title of the book. dot com.
0: Okay. Yeah. www. folks that were running to get a pen and pencil. Um, tell dot com. Please. Go there, find out about the documentary, about the wonderful foundation, as well as the uh, orphanage um, that Immaculee wants to... Or Have you already started the orphanage?
2: Yeah, we have started already in Rwanda.
0: That's wonderful. This is primarily for the youngsters left behind after the... Yeah, junta.
2: especially. Yeah, and we have so many from AIDS also. Mm-hmm. So you want us to give a chance to children to go to school and then help themselves after. But when you don't have even the basis... You know, to, to go to school, high school, university, you are just lost without any parent advising you or giving you, you know, like
0: you know, the, the little
2: thing to to start with.
0: Well, I, I want to tell you again that I thank you so much for sharing your time, sharing your story, and sharing your wisdom with us this morning. I think you have inspired many people to handle their situations in a more positive way, and I'm I hope at some point in the future you'll. Grace us with your presence again. Oh, I would and, love to. Um, thank
2: you so much. It was so nice talking to you, too.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And you be well, okay?
2: Okay, you too. Take care. Mm-hmm.
0: Bye. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. it's uh, After an interview like that, it's very difficult for me to transition uh, to the herb of the day and the yoga asana of the day, but I, I, I do have to do that and... and um, uh, bear with me as I uh, trans- do that trans make that transition. Uh, today's herb is bone set. Uh, the part used medicinally, parts used medicinally, are its flower petals and leaves. Uh, some of the phytochemicals um, include astragalin, gallic acid, eupholatin, um gallic acid. Uh, rutin, and tannic acid. It acts as a decongestant, laxative, anti-inflammatory, and diuretic, and, of course, this is according to Balk and Balk. Loosens phlegm, reduces fever, increases perspiration. Um, it's also uh, not to be used uh, for a long term because you want to avoid uh, any toxicity. Parigasana. Uh, well, first, I want to make sure I tell you about our guest next week. Um, next week, we're going to have Benjamin Harrison from Rishi Teas. They make organic, loose teas with an endless variety. For example, I think I, um, I purchased my, just myself 11 different green teas that they had. Uh, and next week, our herb will be borage and the Asana Virasana. Uh, Parigasana. This asana, according to Dr. Shah, is excellent for uh, strengthening uh, muscle all muscles and joints of the upper and lower extremities tones up the power para- of vit- I'm sorry tones up the power para- muscles and spine massages abdominal and pelvic organs tones the adrenals extends and expands size of the chest and lungs reduces fat around the waist thighs and calves uh, indications would be low and mid back aches gastrointestinal disorders of the stomach liver spleen and intestines diabetes, asthma, sexual disorders, obesity around the waist, thighs, and calves, weakness of the legs. Um, Please check out our website for details about our upcoming programs. Uh, We want to invite you to intern for the program. Send current events, items, and morsels of wisdom from young people about or anything related to wellness, holdings of wisdom. You can email your articles or recordings to consult at amtherapies.com or mail CDs to the office at Tubala Plaza, Suite 300 in Balakinwood, Pennsylvania, 19004. We offer iridology and kinesiology assessments, consultations in nutrition, meditation, acupressure, psychosocial consultations. Visit our website. And subscribe to our newsletter, download our radio program, participate on our blog, uh, find out who our future guests will be and what we are all about. Wellness, wholeness, and wisdom be well.